This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? All right, some of you guys are not excited that it's a holiday weekend. How many of you guys got some awesome plans for tomorrow? Like three? Okay, awesome. Not very many of you will. Listen, uh, find some after service, man. There's people doing all kinds of things. By the way, my name is TJ, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're so glad that you're with us as we're continuing this series called Strap. We're actually uh, ending this series today. So today is the, the last week of this series. And this series is all about... How are we managing our finances? What does that look like in life? Because a lot of us, we found ourselves in a position where we are strapped and where we're living paycheck to paycheck or we're living way beyond our paycheck and we're wondering, man, how do I make things work in my financial life? And I think that one of the most important things that we can do as individuals, as Christ followers, just, just as people and as people that are leading our families is, is get some biblical principles about what does God say about our finances? And, uh, and so I just think it's really, really important um, to do that. And so since we're kind of talking about money here today, I need some money. Um, can, does somebody have a $100 bill that I can just have? Anybody have a $100 bill? Okay, one person. There, everybody else is just broke. Okay, good. Uh, thank you, Craig. I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm going to use that. You know what? Actually, this has been a good week because this is the second $100 bill I've gotten. And so I might make this like a new practice at church. Like every week, I'm just going to ask for a $100 bill. I mean, this could be a good, good paying gig. In fact, I'm just going to kind of put that in my pocket and keep that for later. So, uh, But uh, we've been talking about this series called Strapped. And we've been talking about managing our resources. And we've been talking about a couple of ideas here. And we started out with this verse in Proverbs that said the the borrower is servant to the lender and we talked about the fact that that word servant meant to be in debt it meant to be enslaved and a lot of us have found ourselves in a position where we've borrowed money where we've maxed ourselves out and we've got so much debt now that we're enslaved to some other things rather than being enslaved to the one thing that we should be in life and that is a a debt of, of gratitude and thanks to Christ for the debt that he paid for us by giving his life as a sacrifice for many but a lot of us find ourselves not in debt to Christ but we find ourselves in debt to MasterCard we find ourselves in debt to Visa we find ourselves in debt to a mortgage we find ourselves in debt to a lot of different things and what happens and what we've talked about is the fact that Jesus said a very profound thing he said you can't serve two masters you'll either love one and hate the other or you'll 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 hate one and love the other and he said at the end of that of all the things he could say that would be like the two things that would compete against him and something else he said you can't love God and he didn't say your self-image. He didn't say, you know, um, other people. He didn't say any of those things. He said, you cannot love God in money. And the reason he said that is because he knew that that would be the number one competitor for our heart was our stuff. And so what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks is the fact that, that for a lot of us, we, money has always been something that we serve. We might not have looked at it that way, but as we look at our lives, we've realized that, man, everything that we're doing is to get more money. And what we've talked about is the fact that, man, money isn't supposed to serve us. We're supposed to serve God, and money serves us as we serve God. We're not there to serve money. Money's there to serve us. It's to be a tool to be used to fulfill the gifts and the talents and the direction and the destiny nation of our lives but a lot of us have gotten caught up in other things and last week we dove in and we talked about the fact that if we want to be different than everybody else then we got to live like no one else has lived if we want to live a life like no one else has ever lived 
And that for some of us, that means sacrifice. And, and what that word sacrifice, that we kind of define that is is, 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 is giving something up you love for something you love even more. And so for some of us, we talked about different things. That might be that you're married and you have kids and, and you want a bigger house because your family's growing. But at the same point, you want to be able to stay home and raise those kids and, and do things a little bit differently. And so you would love to have a bigger house. I mean, it'd be something you love. But in order to be able to stay home with your kids, you're going to put off getting a bigger house so you can stay home and, and really give up something for something you love even more, which is being able to spend those years with your kids. Or it might be something different in your life. You might have thought, man, I mean, I would... I I would really like to have, uh, you know, no debt when I get out of college. And, and, and so, and, and because you love that so much, you're going to give up what you love currently, which is going out to eat every week. And because you would rather not be in debt when you get out of college, you give up going out to eat every single week. And so we talked about this whole idea of that, man, we got to learn to sacrifice. We got to learn to manage our money. And we got we to gotta do some things to help us get out of debt and get unstrapped in life so we can fulfill the gift and the call that God has for our lives. And, and so one day we can live like no one else so we can give like no one else. And today what we're going to talk about and kind of conclude this series with is tithing. Now, I know right away, as soon as I say that, some people are like, oh, man, this is not what I was looking forward to. And, and a lot of pastors would get up here and they would apologize. I'm sorry that I'm going to talk about this. But listen, I'm going to get up here unapologetically and tell you, man, I'm not, I'm not discouraged to talk about this. I'm encouraged because I know today God wants something for you, not from you. And I believe that today he's going he's gonna to reveal some things to you and he's gonna, he's, your gonna, eyes are going to be opened and your mind's going to be expanded to see how God truly wants you to, to live in this life. And, and now what I want to talk about is tithing. And so when we think about tithing, a lot of us say, and, and it's very much in our culture today, is man, man, I tithe a little bit towards God or I, I, I've, I've, I've tithed every once in a while. And what people are really saying, because what they've done is they've interchanged tithing and giving is, is what they're really saying is like, hey, I give a little bit or I give periodically. But see, tithing is a little bit different than giving. And for some reason, we, we interchange those words, but they're completely different. If we were to look up the Hebrew word for tithing, it's this word masur. Everybody say masur. Come on, that wasn't everybody. Everybody say masur. That word literally means tenth. And so giving for a lot of people is like, man, I'm giving $20 or I'm giving $10 or I'm, I'm giving this or that or I might do that periodically. But there's a difference between giving and tithing. Tithing is a percentage. It's 10%. And so, you know, and I didn't really understand this when I was a new Christian. When I first found Christ, um, you know, I heard a message like this and I thought, oh man, I'm supposed to give 10% of my income to God. And so what I did is I went and I found my local Christian bookstore. You know, that's Christian, that's God. It was family Christian bookstores. It was on the other coast. And, and I found it and I went in there and I said, man, I better give to God. And so I went and found some CDs. I went and found some books that I wanted. I even found a Christian t-shirt if you can believe it or not and, and I went and spent 10% of my income and I said God man I just gave it all back to you I was a little confused what I what I did there is I went shopping I didn't I didn't tithe and uh and, and some of us you know there's a big difference there, and we need to understand what tithing really is because a lot of us are confused on what that really is and why we do that. And so let me give you a couple of definitions and a couple of thoughts here today about what this really is. And, and the first one is this, is tithing is returning. Everybody say returning. Come on, say it with some attitude. Say returning. Ooh, we got somebody. This side's a little quiet. Everybody say returning. All right. It says returning. 
the first 10% of our income to God's church. What is tithing? It's returning, it's returning the first 10% of our income of what God gives us to give back to his church. In Leviticus 27, verse 30, it says this, a tithe. Everybody say tithe. A tithe of everything of the land, whether the grain from the soil or the fruit from the tree, it belongs to the Lord. The Bible says it is holy to God. That word holy there means, it means set apart. It means to, to set something apart for something that's of, of high esteem. It means that, that when the tithe, we set it apart for something that is greater than ourselves. And, and I want you to notice the wording that's in this verse because I think wording is very important. And my wife is very technical for it. So it's, it's kind of made me kind of technical. Now you notice it doesn't say give back to God 10%. What does it say there? What is that word that it says? It says return. Now, I'm going to get a little technical because if I'm returning something, what does that mean? It means it was never mine. It means I took it from somebody else and I need to bring it back to them. Now, a lot of us think, man, I'm supposed to give the 10% to God. No, 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 no. You're supposed to return the 10% back to God. I know when, when, somebody, when Craig handed me this $100 bill and I put it in my pocket, some of y'all are like, what's up with that? Why are you going to take somebody's money and just put it in your pocket? Why is, why is that okay? And see, the reason that it was okay for me to take this and put it in my pocket and the reason Craig was so apt to just jump up and walk up here and give me this $100 bill is because before service I said, Craig, here's a $100 bill. When, when I asked for $100 in service, would you give it to me? Now, if you notice, Craig didn't hesitate over there. He wasn't like, man, you know what? Last week, he talked about the fact that if you don't have any money, that you shouldn't go spend stuff. And I've got $100, and so after service today, I'm going to go buy some golf. You know, he wasn't hesitant to go do that because he knew what was in his pocket wasn't his. And so when I asked for the $100, he was real quick to jump up and hand it to me. Now, if, if I was God, Craig which I'm not, um, I would have only asked for 10% of this back. I would, have, I would have just said, hey, Craig, can I, in fact, Craig, can I have 10 bucks? Do you have 10 bucks on you? Okay, then uh, never mind. We're not going to use that illustration then. Um, <laughs> if, if I was God, I would have said, hey, listen, Craig, I know I gave you 100, but listen, I only want 10 back. But I'm not God, I'm cheap. And so I wanted the whole 100 back because it would have cost me too much in multiple services to do that. And so, uh, but God is so much better than us. And, and he's saying, listen, what I want you to do is the resources that I've given you, I want you just to return 10% of that back to my house. And this is what I've learned is that, man, whatever is God's needs to go back to God's house. And I don't want to keep what's God's in my house because you know what that is? That's me taking something from God. And so, Tithing is returning the first 10% of our income to God's church. Second thing tithing is, is tithing is giving my first and my best so he can bless the rest. It's giving my first and my best so God can bless the rest. Proverbs um, 3, 9 and 10 doesn't just tell us to honor God with uh, our spiritual gifts that God has given us. It doesn't just tell us to honor God with our time. It doesn't just tell us to honor God with our talent. It just doesn't tell us to honor God with our worship, but it says something very specific. It, it says, honor God with our wealth. And he goes on to say, with the first fruits of all of your crops, then as we worship him and then as we tithe, the Bible says, our barns will be filled to overflowing and our vats will brim over with new wine. 
And listen, we're going to talk a little bit about the blessings of God at the end of this, but I want to, I want to talk about some other things. I want to take a couple moments and talk about some other things because I know some of you guys are walking in here right now and a lot of you are going, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's talking about this. You know, over the last couple of weeks, he's talked about, man, getting out of debt and doing the whole debt snowball and getting $1,000 in an emergency fund. He's talked about all these practical things and I feel like I'm so overwhelmed in this moment that I don't have any idea of how I can get ahead and how do I do this and, and why should I do this? And let me just tell you, there's a lot of reasons. And I just want to go through a, th- a few here to help you understand that, man, not just parts of this series are important, but all of it is important. It's all about principles that God wants us to understand. The first thing that I want us to understand is tithing provides for God's work through the church. Just blatantly how it is, man, when you give, it goes to furthering the kingdom of God through his church, which is how he planned. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he said, man, on this rock, I'll build my church. He said, man, upon people, I'm going to build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, man, the local church is very important to Jesus. It's super, super important to me. It should be very, very important to you because it's the very thing that Christ gave his life for so that that people could experience the goodness of God and they could be his church, a radiant that when he comes back, man, that they would just see that is amazing and beautiful. That's why the scripture says in Malachi 3.10, it says, bring the whole tithe, not a part of it, not just a small percentage of it, but he says, bring all 10% into the storehouse. And you can do research on this. You can look uh, from pretty much every conservative theologian will tell you the storehouse that they're talking about in the Old Testament is a, is a representation of the New Testament church. He says, bring it into the storehouse. The whole time in the house, there may be food in my house. In other words, when you tithe, the work of God happens through the local church, which he established to make and do things in the community and in this world through. And what I want to do is I just want to kind of take a rabbit trail here for just a couple of moments because I think it's so important that, that you understand what the local church is all about and, and how our church is maybe a little bit different than, than churches you've experienced or maybe you've never experienced church. And, and, you know, there's some things that I'm extremely proud of as your pastor and as the leader of this church about how we operate in certain things. You know, for the majority of churches, um, the average church, their salaries and their, their, the, what they're paying their staff and compensation and stuff, the majority of churches spend between 50 and 65% of their income on salaries. And so what that means is that because they're spending that much on, on people to, to, to work at the church, they're not equipping a lot of the people in the church to use their gifts and their talents, and they're missing out on a, and seeing and realizing what God wants them to do. And so therefore, they're taking away opportunity to do ministry and take care of things in the community because they're handcuffing them in that. And, and I'm proud to say that as a church, uh, man, we, we spend somewhere between 30 and 33% of our income and salaries because we don't want to we don't we want to be able to give ministry away and be able to do things and so therefore we're not going to go above those percentages because we want to be able to do the work of God and the work of God a lot of time requires money and so if we're paying a whole bunch of people money then we're not able to go and do the work of God Another thing is, is the church our size typically would go and build a, a facility that's two to four million dollars and have a mortgage of twelve to eighteen thousand dollars a month. You know what we've decided to do? We decided that we're gonna we're gonna have a school and we're gonna use it on the weekends, and then the rest of the week we're gonna let the school use it and we're gonna keep our costs down. Yeah, I mean, why not? What look at look at what we let the school use. I mean, this is pretty legit. 
And because we do that, you know what that means? It means instead of a lot of churches spending 40, 50, 60% on, on um, facilities, you know what we spent? We spent between 20 and 25% of our income on, on facilities. You know what that means? That means we get to do a lot of work in this community because we're spending such a minimal part on the hard costs uh, to do ministry that we get to go and make a huge difference in this world. That's what... Uh, yeah, I mean, it should be a reason to get excited about it. It's one of the reasons why we're able to go and do things in, in, in a community like Collier City, and we can go in there, and we can do adopt a block, and we can go and paint people's houses, and we can go and take care of single moms in those communities, and we can equip people to go out and use the gifts and talents that God has because we have the resources that are there to be able to do those things. It's one of the reasons why we go all throughout the world and, and take care of AIDS orphans all throughout Southern Africa, and we go and we utilize and partner with organizations like Children's Cup who are feeding thousands of those kids and bringing them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we don't ever have to ask you for a dime to do that. You want to know why? Because you give and we manage it wisely and then we send it out to do great work for God. It's one of the reasons why every year, man, we, we reach tens of thousands of kids with the gospel of Christ because we're able to take money and give it to organizations like One Hope that are out there reaching God, children and youth with God's word. They'll reach more children and youth in the next, they'll reach, in fact, their goal is that within the next seven years to reach every child and youth in the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and we partner with them and we're able to give to them extravagantly and all of a sudden, man, things are, things are amazing. We never have to ask anybody, but you want to know why? Because we steward wisely, we manage our finances and then we give it away. It's one of the reasons why we, we're gonna have a church planners in here all the time. We had a church planner in our offices. Man, we're just giving stuff away. We're giving them resources. We're giving them physical equipment, giving them all kinds of things because you wanna know why? We steward our resources wisely and we give stuff away. We coach people all the time. We'll have a church planner in here this next month and man, we're just gonna freaking bless his socks off like never before because we manage those finances wisely and we're able to do those things. We're getting ready to launch a brand new website that we're gonna end up giving away to other churches because we we want to resource the kingdom of God because we're a generous place because you guys are generous and we just continue to carry and carry that forward is one of the reasons why this week you didn't get an email saying hey we're taking up a special offering for Oklahoma you want to know why because we already sent Oklahoma a check we already took care of Oklahoma because we had money in the bank and we could just say, hey, here you go. We're going to take care of people that are hurting because we've been wise stewards. We haven't spent it on a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't make a diff big difference. We're going to spend it on the things that matter. And let me just tell you something, man. If, if we can get this, if you can get, man, you tithe, we manage wisely, and we will impact the world like nobody else will. That's what the local church is all about. And I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. And listen, every social problem we have, every economic problem that we have, homelessness, uh, people that are hungry, people that are poor, every single one of those localized problems would be solved if people tithe and the church would do their job. And I believe that as a church, that's what we are called to do. And unapologetically, beyond a shadow of a doubt, man, tithe, tithing provides for the work of the church. And let me just tell you, it's making a huge difference here. It is making a huge difference here. And the reason why we tithe is because, man, it funds the work of the Lord here locally in our local community. And God is doing a great work. The second thing it does, and this hits me a lot more personally, is that tithing teaches me to put God first. It teaches me to put God first. When you tithe, it teaches you to put God in the number one spot in your life. Deuteronomy 14.23 says, The purpose of the tithe is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. In fact, I would argue there's, there's very few tangible measurements in your life that are going to really 
I can look at and say, man, this is, this is what you value in life other than looking at your checkbook. You hand me your check register or you go online and open that up. And if you were to look at, let me look at that, I could look at that and tell you what you value in life and what is important to you based on where you are spending your money. And that's the evidence of how real our faith is in life. Like what, what's first in our lives? Where are we putting all that? And listen, this isn't just something we teach with money. I mean, we teach this about all aspects of life. You know, one of the last relationship series that we did, one of the first points I made is, is said, man, if you want to have a healthy relationship, man, you've got to put God first. You've got to put God first in your relationship. If God isn't number one in your relationship, it is always going to be jacked up. It's why we talk about all the time that, and the reason why we give you the word for you today is like we handed out last week and we say, you know what you're supposed, you should do, first thing you should do every single day of your life is you, you should get out, open up your Bible or open up you version on your phone and read God's word. Man, get some of God in you and pray and spend some time with him. Why? Because you're putting God first. It's why we say, you know what, you should come to church on Sundays the first day of the week. Want to know why? Because you're putting God first. It's why at the beginning of the year we say, hey, as a staff and whoever wants to in our church, we're going to fast for 21 days and we're going to seek God. We want to know why? Because we're trying to put God first in the beginning of our year. It's why we say you should give 10% or return 10% of your income to God. Why? Because you're putting him first. And some of you guys, you need to hear this today because this whole thing, all of these things, you know what they take? They take faith. It takes faith to put God first in your life, specifically in your finances, because if I had 10, $10 bills, it's really easy for me to pay all of my bills and whatever I have left to give to God, that doesn't take much faith, does it? But when I say, you know what, I'm going to take the first one and I'm going to trust you first, God, that takes a lot of faith. Now, I hear probably some of you guys are thinking in your mind and you're saying, man, TJ, you don't understand, man. If I were to do that in my life, if I was to do what you're saying, man, I'd like have to massively change my life. Yep. That's right, you would have to massively change your life. And you're like, but, but I would have to like not buy things that I want to buy when I want to buy them. Uh-huh, exactly. And like, like I would have to reprioritize my life all around God. That's the point of everything. The point of everything that we're trying to get you to do and get you to understand and get you to comprehend is that, man, your priority in life is not supposed to be around yourself, but your priority in life is supposed to be around God. You're supposed to put him first in every aspect of your life. And, and so, man, it's going to require some sacrifice to put God first. It's going to require some effort to put God first. But it's something that we have to do. But a lot of us haven't figured it out. And it took me a while to figure out. You know, when I, was, when I was first started going to church, I was in high school. And honestly, the only reason I ever went to church was if there was a good-looking girl I wanted to hook up with. I mean, let's be honest, guys. That's most of the reason why y'all are here. Your wife dragged you here. You saw some good-looking chick that was here. And you're like, man, I can hang out with her for an hour. And she won't push me away. I can go to church. And, and so you showed up at church. And, and, and that's what I was doing. And I, I could remember being in church and just being like, this is the most boring thing I've ever been. And I hope that's not your thought here, but it, and when I went to church, that was my thought. I was like, this they're like singing hymns. Like, I don't understand any of this. It, like, it just didn't comprehend, but it, I was going there, and there was a girl I liked, and so I kept showing up, and I had a friend that was there. And one day during the message, I noticed that he took off during this specific part every single week. And, and, and one week, I was like, dude, where are you going? He's like, man, I, you know, I go during this part, and I go get a Mountain Dew and a Snickers. And I was like, dude, where's that at? 
And like, how do you afford that? We're in high school. We're broke. You know, we just put $3.73 because that's what we found in change in our gas tank just to get there. And so he's like, man, well, what I do is I bring a dollar to church. And uh, when the offering's going to buy, I put a dollar in and I act like I'm making change for something bigger and I take $5 out. And I go to the vending machine and I buy a, a Mountain Dew and, and a Snickers. And I said, really? I said, that's a great idea. And so next week, I put my dollar in and made change. He put his dollar in, made change. We went out. We got a Snickers and a Mountain Dew. And, you know, when you do that, you start to realize, you know what? Maybe I'm doing something wrong. And so you chug that Mountain Dew really fast, you know, because you're like, God, please don't strike me dead. And, you know, and you get the brain freeze and you come back in. And so I did that for a couple of weeks and I started, I started feeling guilty. And I know some of y'all are thinking, like, God's about to strike that dude dead, right? now like I listen I know I'm jacked up messed up and uh I got issues okay um but the reality is for a lot of us and I don't want to say this too harshly but I don't know how else to say it just like I was I was eating a stolen Snickers bar and drinking a stolen Mountain Dew some of y'all when you don't tithe what you're doing is you're stealing from God some of you guys you rolled up in here in a stolen car some of you are sitting there in your true religion genes that were stolen. Because you're taking something that somebody else's and you're spending it on yourself. And you're stealing it. And, and, and I don't even need to say it because God says it in Malachi 3.8. He says this. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. And the people ask, how do we rob you? And here's what God says. He says, in tithes and in offerings. He says, you're taking what belongs to me in tithes and offerings. And he says in verse 9, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be the guy that robs God ever again. Now, some of you might come back and you might say, well, TJ, you, don't, you just don't understand what you're talking about there. You're going to get all biblical on me and think that you've got some like theological thing and say, well, you don't understand that, that tithing is Old Testament. And, and let me just debunk some of those myths right now. Um, you know, tithing was established uh, 400 years before the law, when the law came into effect, when, when uh, Abraham gave to Melchizedek, he gave a tenth of all that he had. Uh, and then, in fact, right after the law, Jesus actually talks about tithing. I know most people don't think that Jesus ever talked about tithing, but in Matthew 23 23 this is what Jesus said and he's throwing down on the Pharisees and he's telling them what's up and this is what he said and uh, he says what sorrow awaits you you teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees hypocrites he said for you're careful to do what he says you're careful to tithe huh that's pretty interesting Jesus recognizes that tithing is something that we do and then he says even in the tiniest income of your herbs of the garden but you ignore the more important aspects of the law justice mercy and faith listen here it is in red letters jesus said man you tithe it's something i establish it's something i recognize it's something i do tithing is a part of what you do and i know some of you guys are going to say yeah yeah but he said you, you're missing out on the more important things and this is exactly what he's going to tell you man tithing is a part of it he said but don't forget the offerings because god said do will you rob me in tithes and offerings because a lot of us we're missing out on the offering of justice we're missing out on the offering of mercy we're missing out on the offering of taking care of the poor we're missing out on the offering of taking care of the widows we're missing out on the offering of taking care of the 
orphans that are out there and we're missing out on taking care of those in need. He's saying, listen, don't forget that the tithing is important, but don't miss out on what's above and beyond that as well. And that's taking care of people and loving people right where they are and making sure needs are met. Listen, don't miss out on all of that stuff because that stuff is just as important as this stuff. And a lot of us, were missing out on that. And some of you guys are saying, well, you're still going kind of Old Testament and all that stuff. And let me just, like, you want to compare Old Testament, New Testament, let's compare. He said, listen, don't murder. That's Old Testament law. Listen, in the New Testament, Jesus said, listen, if you hate somebody, he said, in your heart, you've already committed murder. He just took it up to an H&L, a whole nother level. It says, in the Old Testament, don't commit adultery. You know what Jesus said in the New Testament? He said, listen, if you lust after somebody, so if you're out there and you're like, oh, man, that chick is hot, man. I'd like to get with that. You know what you've already done? You've already committed adultery. That's what Jesus said, because you're lusting after that. He just took it up. He said, you know, Old Testament says tithes. You know what Jesus said in the New Testament? He said, give it all, 100%. Some of y'all are like, I like the Old Testament. I like percentage rather than all. Like, that sounds like a much better economic deal now. Of course it does. He said it's your whole life, everything for the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of us are, you know, we, we get selfish in a little bit, and God says, really? Like, I really require everything. I'm asking for a little. Tithe that provides for the work of God through the church. It teaches us to put God first. And the third thing it does is it, it builds our faith in God. It builds our faith in God. If we were to sit down right now and we were to have coffee and you were to tell me, man, I'm, I'm struggling in growing in my faith in God right now, 99.9% uh, .9 of the time, I would ask this question. And most of the time I'd get the same exact response. And I would ask this, I would say, hey, are you tithing? And 99% of the people would be like, well, I, you know, I, I, I gave a little bit last week or I gave some of this. And so you tipped God. <laughs> well, uh, well uh, you know, and that would get tongue-tied right there. Well, the reason you're probably not experiencing spiritual growth is because you're probably not doing one of the most spiritual things that there is. And that's building your faith by trusting God. And the thing that, for most of us, is the most valuable thing we have, our stuff. Watch one of the only places in Scripture that God ever gives us a chance to put him to the test. In Malachi verse, verse 10, right in the middle of the verse, he says, test me in this. He says, try me. Try me. Test me out. See what's up. See if I don't show up. And then he goes on to say, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will have not have room enough for it. God says, test me in this. See, see if I won't show up in the biggest way that you have ever experienced in your life. See if that's not the case. Now, I want you to hear me say, because I know somebody's going to go and misinterpret this, of the fact that you give, and God's like the, the illustrious um, Powerball, and like you're going to give and tomorrow you win $600 million. That's not how God works. Okay? A lot of it, we'd like it to work like that. I, I, I wish it worked like that all the time. It doesn't work like that. But how many of you guys know the blessings of God come in a lot of different ways? They come in a lot of different ways. And I know this, when we start trusting God, 
In our finances, a lot of things happen. I know this for a lot of people, a lot of married couples. They start trusting God, and all of a sudden, they start having more intimacy and more uh, intimate conversations with one another because they're doing life together, because they're trusting God and putting them first in their marriage. And all of a sudden, there's this intimacy and there's this love and devotion for one another that was never there before. And how many of you guys know uh, a healthy marriage is way better than an extra dollars in the bank account? For some of you guys, man, it might be starting to tithe and, and trust God in that area of your life. And all of a sudden, man, your kids are not running from God, but they're running to him. And they're, they're pursuing him with all that they have. And, man, how many of you guys know that having kids that are pursuing God is way better than having an extra nickel and dime in the bank account? Or having some relationships in, in a church that is pushing you and in, in helping you to become all that God has called you to be. And helping to equip you in the gifts and the talents that he's given you so that you can fulfill the mission and plan and vision that he has for your life. You know what, and then some of the times, you know what, God does bless you financially. Not all the time, but that is one of the ways that he blesses people. And so that we can see and know his goodness by him pouring out his blessings upon us. You know, in, in, in the, first, the first week I told you that, you know, we got out of $25,000 in debt after our first year of marriage. And, you know, I, I didn't really tell you. The, the whole story, I just said, hey, you know, it's, it's easier just to say that, but, um, you know, we found ourselves in some major credit card debt, and, and we heard a message like this, and we said, you know what, this is an area of our lives, man, we're, we're devoted to God in a lot of things, but we have not trusted God with our resources, we've not trusted God with our money, and so, um, we're going to start trusting God, and we're going to put him to the test, because he said, test me. And so I'm, I'm kind of one of the, I'm competitive, and so if I have a test, man, I want to win. And so I said, you know what, we're not going to give 10%, we're going to give 20%. And uh, we started giving 20%, and I'm not, that's, that was our own personal thing. That's not for anybody else. That was for what God was challenging us with. And, and we lived crazy. You know, we, we drove beaters, and uh, we lived cheaply, and we ate ramen dry because we didn't even want to spend the water to get it wet. And, uh, I mean, we lived crazy. We lived like no one else would live so we could live like no one else lives. And uh, we saw God do miracles. And it wasn't how you expect. It wasn't, like, miraculously. In fact, a business guy in our church heard that we were trying to get out of debt, and we had credit cards that were 18, 19, 28, 29%. And uh, he came to us and said, hey, I want to help you guys. And we thought, man, this is awesome. He's just going to pay off our debt. He said, I'm not going to pay off your debt, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a low-interest loan to pay off your debt, and you're going to make payments to me so you can get out of debt. Blessing of God. What would have taken us 10, 12 years took us two years. And I can look at my life, and I can see that as we faithfully trusted God, God has always provided for us and blessed us. Just... In the last 30 days, it's the craziest thing. We, like, we used to own a whole bunch of different houses and different things. And, and over the last 30 days, we've gotten like $1,000 in checks from escrow accounts and things that we didn't even know about. God just pouring out his blessings on us. In the last two years, I mean, when we moved here, we started giving away cars like crazy. I don't know, God challenged us to give away cars. In the last two years, man, we've had two cars given to us that were better than the cars that we gave away. And so this is what I know, is that when we test God in those things, when we trust God in those things, God always provides. And it isn't how we think he's going to provide. It's always in a way that's different than how we perceived it to be. But God always, always 
always shows up. Somehow the presence of God, when we trust him with the 10, he makes our 90% that's blessed go further than 100% that's selfish. And today I want to challenge you, man, don't, don't live like everybody else. Don't live how everybody else is living or you're going to end up living how everybody else is living. Man, and we want to live differently and we want to give differently and we want to experience the blessings of God. And so that means that we can't serve money. We got to allow money to serve us as we serve God. And we got to live like no one is living so we can live how God wants us to live. And that's like no one else on the face of this earth. And so I want to challenge you. And we've done this almost since the beginning. There's those of you out there that, man, it's time for you to put God first. It's, God, it's time for God to be in the first place in your life. And we've done this throughout the history of our churches. We'll challenge you to do tithe for 90 days. We call it the 90-day tithe challenge. And you tithe for 90 days and, and everything that you give. Listen, if you're not closer to God, if you're not seeing God in your life and you're not experiencing those things, because he said test him in this, we'll, you just call us up and we'll give you all your money back. It's a money back guarantee. That's God's, that's God's deal. And the reason I can do that is because I trust God. And I know that his word says, test me in this. And so I'm going to challenge you to test him in that. And I can get up here unashamedly, talk about this stuff. You want to know why? Because the church has never paid me a dime. This church has never paid my salary. I raise my own salary. I can get up here and challenge you. Because my wife and I, last year, were the biggest givers in our church. So I can unashamedly get up here and I can say, you know what, today we live off one income that's lower than it's ever been in our lifetime. My wife works full-time at the church for free because we've tested God in this and we've seen God show up in our lives over and over and over again. And it's time for you, some of you guys, you've been saying, God, why aren't you showing up? Well, you haven't trusted him. And until you trust him, why would he show up and bless you? He can't, honestly, he can't trust you with it. That's the problem. And I didn't figure there'd be like a lot of amens and stuff in this message. Seriously, because we're talking about your stuff. But every person that's tithing in here right now is like, mm-hmm, that's right. Because they know what's up, because they've seen the blessings of God in their life. And today, my challenge to you is will you trust him? And listen, let me just give this disclaimer. If you don't trust us with your money, go to the phone book, do any, mini money mo, pick a church and give it to them. I don't really give a crap. Listen, our rent is paid for the next three months. We're not worried. We don't need your money. I'm serious. We're not living paycheck to paycheck here at church. We're not wondering how we're going to pay our bills next month. There's money in the bank to pay for those. To challenge God, to challenge from God. Will you trust Him? Will you take it? Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.